Welcome to Drinking During Business Hours, where we have interesting conversations over a great bottle of wine. Drinking is optional, so sometimes my guest doesn't drink, and they just watch me drink. That's fine, too. I'm Sarah Halstead, your host. Support the show by subscribing, following, liking, and reviewing our episodes. Check out my website, Sarah J. Halstead, for my latest stand updates and social media links. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Drinking During Business Hours. It's a beautiful day here in sunny LA, and we're in the basement. <laughs> As usual, per usual, and no other place we'd rather be, we're drinking a wonderful bottle of Ferrari Corano Fumé Blanc 2021 Vintage. And wow, is it drinking gorgeously from Sonoma County. I'm really excited today because I have someone with whom I respect so much. I've been uh, very, very fortunate to share the mic a couple of times. Uh, as of late, I have the great New Jersey bad boy, Mike Marino on the show. Oh hey, hey, hey. Thank you so much. What a wonderful <laughs> introduction. <laughs> I think I feel, I'm such a, a gentleman that I'm not touching my glass until you say it's okay to I, I touch think, your glass. I think and that's, should, that's called parents. <laughs> I think we should touch glasses. All right. Okay, here, here we Boom. go. Cheers. Boom. Nice glass welcome, of wine in the afternoon. Welcome to the show in the afternoon that's drinking during business hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I try to live up to the name, you know? Wow, that's delicious. Oh, I'm glad you like it. Yeah. Yeah, really crisp. Wow. It's um, it's uh, Sauvignon Blanc with a little bit of age, a little bit of wood, hence fume. So smoke, fume, blanc. Uh, so but you it, obviously know a lot about wine. I know a little I have bit. no idea what you said. I know a little bit about it, yes, and I, where we can talk more about it or we can just drink it. I, I want to just dive into your life because we're new friends. I have known of you for quite some time. Is that right? And I've just been kind of, you know, admiring from afar. And, you know, it's not just your comedy, which is great. Your comedy is great. But what I respect and admire... And I actually get exhausted just watching you (laughs) is how you cultivate your fan base. You are so, so good to your fans. And after every show, you you go from table to table, guest to guest. You're handing out your promotional materials. You're you really are one of the hardest working comedians that I know that are in my arsenal. I like the way you set up the. uh uh interview you want to dive into my dive life dive into it man. get off that diving board dive and in. come and get me this I, well is first great. Okay, yeah dive into so, your life I, too. well let's do it let's do it isn't this great this <laughs> yeah. is the new let's meet more for drinks coffee like this will be swimming in somebody's <laughs> life uh, well i almost brought a brown egg to be in to to be a smart ass because oh. we were in the green room of haha ha club <laughs> yeah. and you were talking about stevie d you stevie d staying at your place yeah or you're staying at his he's One been of the, staying at my place all right he's a mutual friend really yeah. funny comic and uh, he, he, you opened the refrigerator and there was some brown eggs. I've never had brown eggs in my refrigerator in my entire <laughs> life. Wow. So I guess he left some groceries in the refrigerator and he took off. So when I opened up the eggs and I saw brown eggs, I called him up and I go, to, how long have they been here? I think they're rotten. So and he goes, they're supposed to be brown. They're supposed to like, be brown. <laughs> yeah. Good thing it wasn't blue. Sometimes farmed eggs are blue. Ugh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I'm just learning about. I didn't know 
know about the blue eggs. I, I knew about the brown. I never heard of but, blue. I thought you were kidding. No, I, the only blue egg I ever saw was Easter, and somebody died. Yeah, right. No, I said, I now a, go find it. I have a blue egg in my refrigerator. <laughs> Is right that now right? When I thought of you, yeah. A when blue egg because it's now, bad. Or, I think or, I'm or, always going to remember that when anybody gives me farm eggs, I'm going to think of right. of you. You know, but Listen, yeah, some people remember into, of me because of certain things, but you're going to remember me about a blue egg. That's yeah, blue and brown. This is fantastic. Yeah, that's that's going to be. And I also okay. I really remember you from a performance at the Lancaster Theater. You were in a competition. I'm not going to say what the competition was. I'm not going to say who the other comics were because I don't want anyone's feelings to get hurt with what I'm about to say next. <laughs> but you I hope were... she's going to say, you got robbed. <laughs> you were robbed. <laughs> you were hey, robbed. Competitions can you know be what? fixed. You were robbed. The thing is, what I didn't understand about that, you had the strongest point of view yeah. of any comic, and you were, to me, the only memorable comic in that lineup. And you didn't win. I don't think you won, did you? No, no you didn't win. Came in I, second. I, I th- okay, you came in Two second. Two years in a row, okay. it came in second. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, it was it was a really really strong performance. And, Thank you. And what I like about your your sets, plural, they don't feel like an act. It feels like you. Uh, we know exactly who you are when you walk off stage. We know who you are within. I think we know who you are. When you're when you're walking up the stage before before your first word, I love that. You know, yeah. and and that's kind of correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't that so much of it? Isn't that so much of a? That's of a what comics? I was taught a long time ago about stand up. You have to have a specific persona and a catchphrase and a point of view that is so memorable mm-hmm. that people will want to come back again and bring their friends. That's it. And then industry goes, hmm, I don't know if I like that. And you have to do your own thing. So, so we know. So you're, you know, you you have the the title, bad boy, New Jersey or New Jersey bad boy, but so, so obviously, uh, that's where you live there and you live in L.A. You were saying I'm actually an L.A. based comedian. Oh, I started stand up in Los Angeles. I came to California as an actor. I was working on a soap opera. Mm-hmm. I never thought I'd become a comedian. Wow. I didn't even think about it. I thought it was something that other people need to do not me so but you... when i i was meeting some people and they said you know people from new jersey they have a flair for comedy you have a theatrical background why don't you grab a microphone and tell some jokes reluctantly i did a few competitions just as a goof and then i met believe it or not the accountant who worked at the comedy store and he said, I bet you any money, if you went and auditioned for Mitzi, she'll pass you. Mm. And I go, but I really don't have a routine. I can impersonate people. So I went and I impersonated some people on stage. And I met Mitzi and she said to me, that's not going to get you anywhere. Come back in six months. Hmm. So I went back in six months and I was frustrated. I'm like, I don't really want to do this. And she goes, just go on stage and tell me who you are. So mm. I went on stage and I go, I'll tell you who I am. Oh, I yeah. come from an Italian family and I keep getting roles as an Irish cop. And my family's connected and this is bullshit. <laughs> and she said, okay, you play here from now on. I'm like, really? You're past. Yeah. And then I was making fun of pizza, the traffic, all the different situations. And then I talked about my family. 
And that's how I started the impersonation of the cigarette. Okay. Because a lot of people were wondering where did that come where did, from. That's, yeah, your My father piece. was two packs a day, mm. constantly smoked cigarettes. So if you were talking to my dad and you asked him a question, he wouldn't answer you unless he took a hit of the cigarette and put it out with his foot. That was the statement saying, here comes the answer. Yeah. So if you said, hey, dad, what kind of weather you think we're going to have today? He would go like this. I think it's going to rain. <laughs> so that's why I started doing that because that's what I knew. Uh. So if somebody said to me after all these years and I growing up around my family like that, if they said to me, hey, what do you think about the president? I would go like this. <sighs> I don't like the guy. Yeah. And that's how that happened. And believe it or not, New Jersey's Bad Boy was created in California because I ended up going on tour with Andrew Dice Clay. Uh, I and see. they were doing a thing where yeah. they had the Boston Bad Boy, the Brooklyn Bad Boy, right. the Florida Bad Boy, the Jersey Bad Boy. That's pretty much how that all happened. And then it stuck. So I tell people these days, sometimes I don't use that moniker all the time because if I'm hired to do a corporate event, they're not going to want to know that I'm a bad boy. They are not going to want to know that I'm going to curse. So I might use them. They want a clean show. That can be ambiguous. And there's a lot more bad. money there. So I yeah. actually do the clean show All and right. I get rid of that. And I say, no, I'm Michael Marino. And away you go. Well, you know, you're beloved up there. So there's a way I can see where you could probably extract any cursing and be clean, squeaky clean, pretty easily because you're just so liked for a bad boy. Right. You know, sometimes bad boys are daunting and there can be some ambiguity with that word. Mm -hmm. But with you, I can see where you could go both ways, where you could get a little dirtier if you needed. Yeah. But but you already have your when when you there's something about your persona that in addition to beans you know the the quintessential bad boy you just kind of want to hug you thank you yeah that's exactly what it is it's the the you're creating well i'm creating you can come up to me and pinch my cheeks i'm not gonna hurt you it's just a <laughs> joke in fact i'll come over your house you know, a lot of people say to me you know off stage you're so quiet you're so reserved and i'm like you know why because i'm exhausted when i go on stage it takes a little bit of extra energy because it's a a persona ignited rather yes, than just course. the way that i would be of course and it's exhausting to put that kind of because you do an hour mm -hmm. i've seen I've both both times we've played together at the Haha, ha, you've I, I'm so fortunate that I was featuring for you and I could uh, in the green room. I noticed and respected how reserved you are before you're set and you're you're concentrating and you don't like other comics to go in the back and no. do their, you know, no, 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 mess no. around. And because we all want the same thing, success. Yeah. And we all want stage time. Yeah. And it comes down to what did you do for the stage time? Did you do anything? And if it's and if the answer is, well, you just showed up, well, then great. Well, I really don't need you because everybody here is here for a specific reason. If you're not that reason, you don't belong here. Now, I've been that guy who wanted stage time and I had to, you know, do what I had to do to get on stage. 
But eventually, when you get older and you're touring and this is what you do for a living, that's just the point. This is what I do for a living. This isn't a game. This isn't me showcasing for industry. This is my income. And I'm very generous to other comedians. I want them to succeed because comedians can help each other more than any agent or manager. We're on the ground floor. We know who's doing what. And then I'm also going into my head, what am I going to do? What's my opening joke? How do I feel like performing? I watch the other acts. I know exactly what they're going to do so that I don't do anything like it. Yes. And then um, we have a variety of entertainers. I notice that there's a dichotomy with each comedian that you have, and it's a tight lineup. It's minimal. There's usually no more than four people. You have an affable host, Stevie D, mm-hmm. whom we love. He's just so great. He's fantastic. A, and look at how different he is from me. Yes. Yes. And then, He's a hillbilly. Yes. I'm a guido. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. We should pull Between up in the, the Trans Am. You. you can't stop laughing. I think you need to do that brown egg, white egg yes. thing in a sketch comedy. I, w- I would watch that. That mm-hmm. could go viral. That would be hilarious. But so yes, you're very thoughtful about those lineups, and you do te- you 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 take good care of the comics. I appreciate that. Yeah, so. you should. We and should. We should all get along. It's, it's very difficult. There's so many entertainers. There are so many comics. Uh, does it feel you know? Because going back to those Mitzi Shore days, um, was it as competitive then? I actually don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. That's what I hear. Let's say I uh, cut my teeth in the 90s. That's when the comedy store was almost degrading to the point where it was going to close. And um, you, everybody knew each other. You knew what everybody was going to do. So I don't remember. And, of course, there wasn't social media. I just spoke to someone today who's doing great with social media. Yeah. So I called her up and I said, you know, would you like to come on my podcast? We were talking and I said, where are you playing lately? And she goes, well, I'm not taking any gigs um, for a while because there was a, a family issue. And I says, well, where were you playing? She goes, oh, I'm a court stenographer. I'm not a comedian. Wow. I just made a name for myself on TikTok. So clubs were calling me, asking me to come. And I go, then what do you do? What do you do when you get on the stage? And she goes, oh, I just kind of clown around. Oh, no. And I go, okay, but wouldn't that want make people go, hey, I want my money back? Yeah. This isn't what I saw on TikTok. Well, TikToks, if they're 30 seconds to a minute and you pay $50 to watch this person do an hour, now what? Yeah. So I'm hoping maybe a lot of that will, will kind demise. Of, kind of... And then people go, you know, we really should just go see trained comedians yeah yeah uh i did feature for a tiktok star this past weekend and uh she um has over 2.3 million followers and but i think the challenge that she's having she is funny her jokes did land especially for being rather new to stand up and she does take the craft seriously so that was refreshing but her followers are in china Oh, <laughs> how are you going to fill a room if everyone's living? Well, you know, how were the ticket would, sales? And that they were, she had to really work her ass off to fill the room, and we all did. We all chipped in, and we we filled that room. But it wasn't as easy as some of these comedy bookers think when they book TikTok stars. They have to remember where is their audience, right? You know, um, I a majority of my audience, I don't know why, but they're from Mexico. 
I have no idea how that worked out. It just did. So, you know, uh, so I, you know, if, if I have to, if I have the pressure of filling a room, it's a lot of work. I just can't reach out to my Instagram people and no one's going to fly in from, you know, from where, from, from right. Cabo <laughs> to see, what I to do, see Blanca. <laughs> if I'm going to, if I'm going to do something, um, in town in Hollywood, you have to pump like crazy, and then you yeah. all make some you know special offers, maybe a couple free tickets here, there, and, and whatever. And there's so many places to watch a show, so that's why it could become difficult. But if you go on the road and you're in a in a place where you go once a year, and you're at a theater that seats between five hundred and a thousand, it actually becomes easier. Okay, and the money, of course. Is a lot more. So then you have sure. to weigh the pros and cons. What do you want to do? Stay in Hollywood and hope you're going to get a TV series yeah. or go earn a living. And now people who go on cruise ships to entertain are shocked when you see you're in a theater that's state of the art and it seats between 1,500 and 2,000 people. And you have to bring your A game because it's like you're doing an HBO special. Yeah. And the audience is international. So you might get people who don't speak English. Mm. And I've carved a, a way of that rhythm of pretending I'm smoking a cigarette makes people who don't speak English go, I get it. I don't know what he's saying, but I get what he's doing it's and you can have children in the room too and one of the greatest Mm. feelings for me is when you get an eight-year-old to come up to you after the show and i literally had i never forget this kid he was so adorable and he was standing there with his mother and father and the mother said my son would really like to do something in front of you and i says okay and i knelt down and i said you understand me you get what i'm doing and the kid went like this and I'm like, I, I love you. Oh. And I kept hugging this kid. He was in a little oh. soccer suit. And he was from like uh, Paraguay or something like that. Oh, that's the best. Yes. So that it's kind of like, hey, explode. wait. Oh, you're going to lose your mind. And then you make a TikTok out of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Like that's just, there's no better feeling. Um, that live just working the ranks for as long as you have. So may I ask, how long has it been since you've been doing stand-up? Well, I've been in show business since I was like maybe 10, 12 years old. Okay. I grew up doing TV commercials. Yeah. There was a time back in the 70s and the early 80s where if you had blonde hair and blue eyes and you were the all-American boy, you could book an M&M candy commercial by smiling. Not now, but yes, back and in the, the day. And the odds were like 30 to 1. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was like shooting fish in a barrel. And you tell an 18-year-old kid, a 17-year-old kid, yeah, we're going to give you $50,000 for one day's work. You're like, what? What? Can't even, cons- yeah. Can't and you go out and buy a boat. Yeah. So that was that time. <laughs> but when I was 28, 29 years old and your face is changing and you become a young man, I just was like, let me go to California. So there was some open mics in New Jersey that I went to just to see if I would like it. And then I moved to California. Not knowing that I sounded like I was from New Jersey. Ah, okay. So having the blonde hair and the blue eyes at that time, which was really thick and long, I looked like a surfer until I said, hey, how you doing? And they're like, what? Throwing everyone off. Mm -hmm. So 
that equals 30 years of stand-up okay. and in the industry since I'm a, a kid. I got into Screen Actors Guild. I was 13. Yeah, well, you, yeah, that, that makes sense. You were acting and you were on a few soap operas. It yeah. wasn't just, yeah. You, which, uh, so, which Back what in was the, the day, first? you could audition for a soap opera. And they did the under five, which means yes. you had less than five lines. Right. Now they call it co-star. Oh, is that right? Yes. It was an under five. Yeah. And then there was eight lines. I forgot what that was called. A feature for the day. Mm-hmm. And then a recurring. A day player. Yeah, That's it. Player. You had eight lines and the last a day player. And there was all the soaps in New York City. And yeah. I lived a half hour outside the city. So that's where I was auditioning for stuff like that. There was also a school called Weiss Barron. They had one here in, in California. And if you mm-hmm. went to Weiss Barron, you were going to meet the casting directors anyway. So one year I went on As the World Turns. I had been on many different soaps, but just for the day, just for the day, just for the day. And then I auditioned for As the World Turns to be a day player. And I got the role. And then some time went by and they called me up and he said, um, we're going to give you a recurring character. You're going to be in this, what they call vignettes. This is the storyline. You're going to be in this storyline. And when I went to go do the storyline that day, I noticed the other two castmates were replaced. Mm. And I was a car mechanic. Right. And the lead guy in this scenario was a good-looking race car driver and his crazy girlfriend. And I was the mechanic. Well, at that time, Meg Ryan was a police wow. officer on the show and Marissa Tomei was the lead girlfriend to the other race car driver. So every day that I went, I was doing scenes with Marissa, nice. never really realizing what's going to happen to us because she had to have been 18. Yeah, maybe really I was 23. Budding, hadn't been in anything just yet, right? Yes. She, wasn't, we, she was an unknown. We all used to hang out. There mm-hmm. was parties in the village. You just never really looked at it like, oh, look at us. Yeah. It was kind of like, is this it? What's next? Yeah. yeah. And then I had a choice. That would have probably been fine. (laughs) It was for them. They were on. I was on for about six months to a year, but I never got a contract saying, your character is now a staple on the show. I had a name, but I didn't have a staple on the show or a contract. It was always the recurring character, but I kept on going. So I started getting fan mail. I did my own stunts. They beat me up a bunch of times, and I wanted the extra money. They pay oh. you extra money to get oh, your ass kicked. Oh, all right. Yeah, well, you're, you know, you were, I mean, you're fit now, I can imagine. Yeah, I was you were, pretty good fit then. And you now. had to be, to be on a soap. It's, 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 a, it's a very vain business. Uh, now they're getting, like, more of, they call it real people. Oh, uh, well, they should but, call me. Uh, I'm more real now than I was then. <laughs> I wish they'd call me, too. Uh. But, yeah, back back in the day, you had to be... You had to not have pores. You had to be just like an anime character. So beautiful. It was a so. great gig, but I'll never forget. I got a phone call from a commercial director who I had worked with many times. And he said, uh, we're going to Italy for a couple of weeks. We're going to do a campaign, join the Navy, see the world. You'll be the lead sailor. I would be in the Navy. Okay. And you'll be the spokesperson for the Navy. And I'm like, um, how much? And he goes, you're going to get paid very, very well. This is a big Leo Burnett campaign. So when the soap called and said, we're shooting next week, I'm like, I'm not. I'm going to Italy. <laughs> Put me in jail or something. Oh. And so that pretty much killed that. That killed that. I actually well, have clips of those 
I, I would love They're to see. They're on VHS. You should uh, post some of those I clips. I should. Like a throwback Thursday. A throw, I don't, your, I'm not good with any of that stuff. Your, I have getting, to have somebody do that stuff for me. But you're getting better. I I'm getting better. Yeah. How about somebody? I have my producer who produces my show, Tatiana. She does all of that. Well, because you wouldn't be hard to build your social media because you have the content. It's just a matter of uploading it. Yeah. You know? So this, it's I, I feel sorry for the people that don't have the content. and you, Well, that kind of shows. Are, I want to start putting out some of the older content because I do have stuff that I think my fans would be like, holy cow, yeah, that's Little Michael. I would love to see that like in, as an Irish cop as well. I mean, I can see it. You yeah. Know, you have, you, we have you some of those roles. Somebody came up to me the other night and he goes, I'm a big fan. I, was, I watched you in the movie Kung Fu and Titties. I'm like, you saw that? And he goes, yeah, you were the gorilla. I'm like, oh, my God. And <laughs> so I realized, you know what? It is a funny movie. It's out there. Oh, I, that it's would a spoof kill. on the movies. That would kill. Yeah. yeah. It's a spoof on the movies. And I don't know if anybody remembers, but um, Pinshaw, Robin Pinshaw, what, what's his okay. name? He was famous. Know. He was Balky. It's- Oh, he was fantastic. He yeah, was he's also in the in, movie. Uh, he I was never in True to Romance, meet. too. I yeah. loved that actor. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. He had a series working. for a while, Bosom Buddies. Yeah. Yeah. He was really captivating. I loved him as bulky. Yes. He, What's just his a, name? Pinshaw. <sighs> I forget his like first that. name. Yeah. So you you were... He's, a, he's like the star of the movie, but okay. I didn't do any scenes with him. Isn't it funny you could be in a movie with somebody and you never meet them? Yeah. Yeah, that's happened a few times you know, because you know, I'm like a co-star, guest star, or something. Yeah, you know, and uh, I did, but we have something in common. I I did most of the East Coast soap operas as well. Really? Yes, in the '90s. So what were you on? And I, uh, mainly all my children, but I was on Guiding Light. Remember Loving? Yes, <laughs> I was on Loving. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like a half hour or something, you know. But yeah, very. Very similar, and I, you know, it's, but New York was a little limited back then. Like it was, it was theater, it was commercials, and it was soaps. Yeah, and everyone told me to come to LA, and I was too daunted. I just wasn't ready. I, I say I have a joke. If I, had I gone to New York or uh, LA when I was younger, I would have ended up in porn. I was, just, I was so, you know, just kind of, I was just kind of dumb. I know, you know the whole not, thing about you can make it anywhere if you make it in New York. I feel like, oh no, no, no! I, if you can make it in Hollywood, that's where you can make you. it anywhere. This I agree. This is dangerous. This is thank crazy. You, this thank is you. Thank you. Thank you. There's something just a little more seedy in New York. I felt structure. Yes. New York taught me to grow the fuck up. I trained. Yeah. I went to my school, my yes. classes. Yes. I tried to lose my accent. I I I spent two years trying to become. A spokesperson and I went to speech therapy and I got rid of my Jersey accent then I come to California and people are like you know it's a little funnier when you sound like you're from New Jersey I'm like damn it but if you focus <laughs> are you able to not have the accent I Correct. mean are you so yes um I have a, a Midwest accent it's pretty obvious I'm Michigan through and through but uh, I would like to think if I focus on it, but it's it's difficult. I mean, I went to acting school for four years in New York City. They tried to beat it out of me. There's some things that will just remain. Where'd you go to school? And NYU, Tish. Oh, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Wow, look at you. Yeah, I did. I did and, you know, absolutely thought that that was going to be my, you know, my path. And like anything, you know, it just life happens and it's a little bit of a roller coaster. But for me, it's it always goes full circle. I took a long, long break, thought for sure I'd never come back to the entertainment world. And here I am because it never leaves your soul. 
No. And it's not going to. It's not gonna. I fight that every day. Because wouldn't our life be easier? It seems. Would it be easier if we just said, you know what? I'm going to Home Depot. This is where we're going to work every day. I know what I'm going to do. And that's that. You'd be so good at Home Depot. I can, I'm sure that you're a fix-it guy. I know you how bet. to fix everything. My family's in construction. And, and, and it just makes you wonder. And I've always wondered this. And you just pretty much put it in perspective that there's no need to wonder. We all think the same, but I always feel like I'm by myself. And I, I'm the only one that says that. Yeah. Boy, my life would be easier if I just stopped doing this baloney yes. and I went and got a regular job. Then you talk to all the entertainers and they say the same identical yeah, I thing. I know, I know. But they I won't wonder. quit because you kind of can't. I, we can't. No. I used to and say I, in my 30s because I thought, you know, how am I the only guy out of my entire family that's not married with a boatload of kids? I was going to ask. I, I don't it really know. It never happened. All right. So in my I, 20s and 30s, of course, there were the women that I'm thinking, okay, well, this is going to be it. Mm-hmm. And I'll just throw the showbiz thing away and I'll go work for dad and I'll be in construction and I'll get a big house like everybody else and yeah. we'll live on the Jersey Shore. Sounds nice. Well, those girls decided they wanted to marry somebody else. So I said, okay, I'm going to Hollywood, and away I went. And, of course, there were times where you would somebody and you're thinking maybe I could settle down and get married and have some kids. It just didn't happen in my life, okay. and it's not because of this business. Okay. In this business, if you're doing, let's say, just my level alone, I make a great living. Yeah. I have a house on both coasts. Nice. I don't have any major hang-ups, no problems. I'm not a drug addict. Yeah. And I... I've never been married. I have no kids. So if I did, you just move forward and everything would be great. And if I travel and I go somewhere, I could bring them with me. Yeah. And they get to see the world like I get to see the world. There was a time I was dating a comedian, if we say that anymore. Oh, really? And it was great because wherever I would go, I'd say, well, why don't you come? We'll go. But that person decided didn't want to be in the business anymore, wanted to settle down and have some kids. Hmm. And it's the chemistry that just doesn't work at 100%. But if you have that type of relationship with someone, you can go and go and go and you're always together. And if you get each other, you're not going to get in each other's way. You shouldn't really argue about anything. It should actually almost be a blast. Honey, what do you think of this joke? Well, you know, maybe you should try it like this. Yeah, yeah. Or, hey, you know what? Can I headline tonight? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> Take turns. I'll go shorter. <laughs> you know, what? I'll, I'll meet you in the in the in the room. Well, let me know where you want to go when it's over. Or, or honey, I got oh, you a spot. He's yeah. like, oh, thanks for the spot. It's yeah, it's a piece of cake. Yeah. I have a lot of friends, of course, in showbiz, that I'll say, uh, hey, I'm going to this area. Did you want to go? And you get somebody a gig that they might not have ever have gotten. And most of the time, I want someone who's the opposite of me. So that could be a different race, let's say, yeah, or profession. a girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> if I'm going somewhere um, that I've been before, I can actually say, hey, listen, be prepared because this is what it's going to be like. So these particular jokes might not work. If you think you're going to be filthy in front of me, well, then, sorry, sweetheart, you have to stay home. (laughs) It's not going to work. Yeah, that's not going to work for your demographic, your room. Mm -hmm. You know your room. So are you saying that it's 
easier. It might be easier to be with a comedian than uh, than maybe someone not in the industry. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hopefully, because then maybe they'll understand. Hey, you know, yeah. this is what we do, and you could calm each other down when it comes to the frustrations of this business. One of the smartest people in this business told me, good friend of mine who does a hypnotizing routine. Oh. He's a hypnotizer. He puts people under and he makes tons of money. He yeah. said to me, you know who's right in this business? The fans. Mm. Because so if an customer. agent says, I don't like what you're doing, change. And you do. And it doesn't work. Now what? But it's the fans who buy the ticket. So if they're buying tickets and they're watching what you're doing all the time, they're the ones who are right. Yeah. You know, I That's had, it. I actually. It's like the customer. I, I love the same, fact that you analogy. said to me, I want to go on stage and pinch your cheeks. He's a lovable guy. I want to hug him. Yeah. Because I had a manager once, a very famous manager, and his, all his assistants were saying, you got to see this guy, Mike Marino. So I went in there for an interview and he goes, I think your work is great. You're just not that lovable of a guy. And they all went, wow. oh. <laughs> Could not so be I just said, opposite. well, what are you watching? What yeah. did you watch? Or when was this? Was when was this really early on before you really yeah, found no, your voice? Yeah, no, it was about maybe 10, 15 years ago, I think, yeah. When do you think, is there a certain amount of time where you can, where you say, okay, most comics, if you've done it at least by, by you know, maybe in 10 years, eight years, what, what would you say the time, the basic time where you should pretty much know your point of view up there? It was said a long time ago to me, seven years. Seven. Seven years, you're a headliner. Okay. Eight years, you get rid of the first seven years of material and change completely. Interesting. You will always change your material. You will add and subtract, but you can go back to the past and pull from the past. Sometimes you end up creating signature routines and people yeah. have to hear you do it. And right. although you don't want to do it, they insist. Then you do it and then someone says, oh, he's still doing the same thing. You're like, damn. Yeah, it's so Make up hard, your mind. isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. That's a tough thing. Um, you know, I would I would imagine people request certain things out of you. They, they do. They want cigarette. They want. Do Vinny get know, the bat? Yeah. I'm like, I haven't done that yep. in years. Yep. But you do it so well. And it's all right. So let's talk a little bit about your team. You have a big team. Like who makes all of this? Because I I was kind of picking your brain a little bit in the green room, and you looked at me. It was great. I don't think I'm ever going to forget this. You said, "I book my own gigs." Because I asked if you had personal appearance managers. I book my own gigs. Yeah. Well, I freelance. So if a certain agent calls for a certain area, you could say yes or no. And then other areas. So you figure, I have an agent for cruise ships. Okay. I've been with him for a good long time. Okay. We really don't even have a contract. You don't need to have a contract with somebody like me. If you get me a job, I remember who got it. And you put out the contracts anyway. If in the future that person calls again and says, hey, you're rebooked, I call the agent and say, hey, listen, uh, here comes your 10% or 15%. You remember when we did this, they called again. There's no reason why you can't do that. Okay. There are most people don't. I do because okay. I have a conscience. I, like I th right. always think the Grim Reaper is going to come and kill me. Yeah, I think that's a good way to be. So with the it's... cruise ship agent, 
and you should do cruise ships. Okay. You would yeah. love it. It's I love cruise ships unbelievable. Anyway. I, I love cruise ships. And it's I not love... like anybody thinks anymore. Yeah. There are so many different ships from 6,000 passengers to 1,000. There's a comedy club on the ship. You only have to do wow. 20 minutes. Ooh. How could you not get through 20 could, minutes and it's and, and if how you could go you not with, kill 20 minutes in a full uh, room, right? If it's a full room because it's everybody on the ship. Packed. Yeah, where else Every are they going to be? Every night, 14 yeah. shows. And then there's the headlining oh. shows mm-hmm. where you perform in front of 1,500 people for a 45-minute set twice in seven days. Piece of cake. So I have an agent for that. Okay. And he books the whole year out. You say yes to the ships or no. When the offer comes through, if there's like um, 20 offers, you say, oh, I only want six or whatever it is. I'm not going to live on the ship. I don't want to go away that long. So I do one a month. Okay. And that's your guaranteed income. So if you just did the ship nice. for a year, you make a great living. Nice. Well, how so uh, how long is the cruise? 1 week. Oh. That's nothing. Yeah. That's nice. If you want to live on the ship, you can, but yeah. I, I I'm not into that. I want to just do the week. I'll go to the Bahamas and I'll go yeah. to Alaska and I'll go to Italy, wherever I'm going to go mm-hmm. and make some money and have fun. Have great food, fun. Yeah. And, and gain more fans. Mm-hmm. Oh, you and, do. And cultivate that fan base. Because I do. I give everybody postcards. I take sign-up sheets. You, you do. sell your merchandise. You're brilliant at at uh, promoting. Well, you got Really brilliant. That's the job. So many the comics performing don't is get the easy that. point. And then I have a brand new manager that I started working with. His name is Mike Pellegrino, and his wife is the partner. Okay. So there you go. Nice now I got a husband and wife team. So she's actually an agent and he's a manager. That sounds good. So yeah. I'm hoping. But this is for film and television and development. Okay. Although he does do bookings. So let's suppose in, I had a booking at a theater in Chicago and I invited him to come and watch the show. So when I got to the theater, it was sold out and it was 300 people at $50 a ticket, a two drink minimum, and they could buy food. So I get on stage and I'm doing my show and when the show was over, him and his wife were laughing and he and I said, what's so funny? He goes, I want to ask you a question. How much did you get paid to do this? Mm. And I says, well, I booked it through an agent on the internet. I don't even know who the agent is. Never saw They him. said to me, how much? And I said, $3,000 and a round trip ticket and they'll pick up the room. And he goes, okay, uh, we're going to take it from here. Uh, and I go, why? Oh. And he goes, this man had to have made at least 20 grand. Oh, shit. And he goes, so we'll yeah. do it. We'll take it from here. I, I hear about those bookers. And there there are certain names that, you know, it gets around. People are like, okay, mm-hmm. stay away from this person. Stay away from that booker. You know, they, a lot yeah. of them are greedy and they will hold back. And you have no idea what the, what the, pa- the, the exact package was. They just give you a little snippet. Because I would have been happy with three grand and a... I mean, sometimes we don't know what the rate should be. Three grand is a good payday for one show. Okay. Where the time is, is you're traveling. So you're killing two days. Yeah. So it's really three days for three grand. If you could have walked away with five and some perks, like a bump on the sales. So if it's sold out, maybe get an extra grand. Yeah. I mean, there's some comedians that can make anywhere between ten, fifteen thousand a night, twenty-five thousand. But we have to take chances. So then, 
I have another friend who books shows, and he called me up and said, do you want to open for Dean Martin's daughter, Dina? Oh. Now, I've been opening for Dina for 30 years, so yeah. now we're in a bit of a, a crossroads here. I could have called Dina myself and said, hey, you why didn't you call me? me? Yeah. I'm coming. I'm coming anyway. But there's really no skin off anybody's back here. Nobody's making an extra chunk of change because of the phone calls. It's a door deal okay. and a guarantee. So now I go do the show. And everybody's happy. The show goes great. It's a different show. I dress in a suit and tie. You're standing in front of an orchestra. And this makes oh, you look like the Rat Pack from back in the day. Beautiful. I don't curse. Mm -hmm. And this is pretty much as close to Dean Martin you're going to get. It's his daughter. Beautiful. So when the show was over, some man, uh, a friend of a friend, had called my cell phone and said, Hey, we're having dinner. Could you come and have dinner? I'm with the head of the FBI. Cool. <laughs> and I says, well, I can't. That's great material. I'll, this is where it comes from. I says, <laughs> but I'll come in and say hello. So I go meet these people. I think what had happened was the wife was so blown away that I showed up to say hello. That they're like, wow, he's a big star. And he came to say hello to us. But in my mind, I'm just the guy on stage that you said you'd pinch his cheeks. I don't think anything different. You want a hug. <laughs> so about a week goes by and I get a phone call from the woman. And she says, my husband's turning 50. How much for you to show up at the party? It's a 007 theme party and this, this, that, and the other Perfect thing. So for I you. says, okay, well, I have a tuxedo. Where is it going to be? You're the perfect comedian And they this. tell me how much the money is. And that it's going to be at the Ritz-Carlton in Miami. So that makes you think, okay, somebody's got some money. I know that property. It's nice. I've never I, been I there. I lived in Miami for 12 years. Oh, That's a nice right. Ritz-Carlton. So we're going to the Ritz-Carlton for three days and three nights. And nice. I'll show you where I'm getting to the point. So it's a Saturday night. This they offer great. you this much money. And I says, okay, I'll take it. I immediately called the Boca Black Box and Boca Raton and said, what do you have on July 29? Is the room open? And he said, yeah. And I'm like, give me a 50-50. We'll do a door deal. I'm coming. So now I'm going to go to the Boca Black Box on Friday, see what I could do. And then on Saturday night, I'll go do the private party. Beautiful. On Sunday, since they said you could stay at the hotel, I'll spend the day and the night mingling, meeting some other people. And then on Monday, I'll fly out. Beautiful. So I did that. Yeah. It's not like any agent jumped on that. Yeah. I did that. You made that happen. And then I took it another step further. Because when they called me and said, hey, we want to talk to you about the jokes that you're going to do. And by the way, the next day, his friend has a yacht and they want to know if you want to go out on the yacht and spend the day. And I said, OK, I'll go. And he goes, good, because his friend hired J-Lo to do a private event in September. He's going to ask you to open for her. And I'm like, holy sweet Jesus. Because now you understand how much money's going out for that show. Yeah. That's now, I don't know how grand. much she goes for, <laughs> but I, if they say you could oof. be her opening act, I'm going in for 100 grand. And I'll tell you right now, somebody pays me 100 grand to do a 20 minute set in front of somebody like that, I'm good for the year. You're good. <laughs> I'm good That's for the nice. Year. That's a lot of brown eggs. And then all good for you. <laughs> good for you. That was fucking hilarious. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on your show. Well, I, that I was did great. earlier too. It's oh. okay. It's okay. But I think the joy of something like that is that didn't come from any agent or any manager. It just happened. 
because I showed up. That's right. Now, I have a choice to make. Do I call my manager and say, you negotiate this? Or do I just do it myself? For something like a J-Lo, I'm putting him on the phone. Yeah. For a private party, I'll take care of it myself. But you see, let's suppose that now I knew you a lot better. Um, there's a girl, maybe you know her. She was doing stand-up at a particular show, and I just thought she was great. Mm -hmm. And she said she was friends with these people, and she knew that I was playing Fasani's Comedy Club in Florida. Uh -huh. And she goes, I play there all the time. And I says, oh, that's really, really cool. And she goes, I'd really like to go back. I see that you're going. So I said, but if you play there, why do you want to go with me? And she goes, well, I'm only a feature. And I go, okay. So here's the, the little troubles. A feature can get hired locally very quickly and get somebody who can drive and yeah. do the show if you're going to fly all the way to florida yeah. you have to get something more than that you're very replaceable if you're just a feature so i said and i'm not hitting on her at all i'm just you know i don't do none of that you either have it or you don't with someone in the real world yeah right so i says well listen if you want that gig i'll get you that gig and i'll tell you what i'm a door deal so you help me sell tickets. You help me sell shirts. I don't care what you do on that stage. You just have to hit a home run. Because yeah. my fans are going to look at you like, wow, Mike brought a girl. Hit, <laughs> hit it. Hit it. You know, want the, yeah, you got to kill. I want my, my other entertainers Make to you kill. Look good. I'm, not, I'm not into oh, that. absolutely. Don't bomb in front oh, of me. You're going to hurt me. Oh I want you to God. hit a home run. I'll help you I if I have to. I get anxiety when I have a monthly show. And I, I get anxiety when the comics don't do well. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's my name. It's my room. It's my name. Yeah. Wow, we think totally, a lot alike. I totally, totally get it. And the, and these stakes are much higher, what you're explaining. <clears throat> you know? Well, she killed it. Good. And we had a lot of fun. And then the owner took us water skiing on his boat, and you know now you're having a great time. So recently, I booked a gig again, and I called her. I'm like, hey, you feel like going? Because I don't have to think. Yeah, you I don't know have it. to worry. Yep. I'll now meet you, you there. you have the rapport. Done. You know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's beautiful. That kind of relationship. When we do, when we do uh, Make America Italian Again on tour, and I have mm -hmm. three opening acts, and they're all Italian, we all know what each other's going to do. Yeah. We can help each other write a joke, make the joke better, pump each other up in the green room, get out there, kill, you know. And it's um, fun. Makes the job fun. You want to be with you, people you like. Yeah. Respect, like, and reliable. You know they're not going to bomb. You know they're going to work hard. You know they're not going to show up drunk. You know, so you, you know, just said two words that would be great if you perform with me. Bomb hard. <laughs> Your accent's right in those two words. Yeah, I told bam, you. Bomb, 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 hard. And I can emphasize it too. I, See? And that's yeah. funny. So now let's suppose and you come to New Jersey. And you work this audience, and a Jersey audience is hard. I bet. They're hard. You better I bring bet. the mustard. I never but did Jersey. I never you, performed if, in Jersey. If you, if you bring it, they're going to let you have it. All right. Nice. They're going to want to meet you. Hey, come on. Let's get a picture. Want to get a picture with me? Want to get a picture with me? Well, you're, <laughs> That's fun. Your and room, you would love it. 
Yeah, your room was really nice to me this past time, and uh, haha, everybody wanted pictures with me. It was I made a lot of new Great. fans. Thank you so much. And for Scotty that. Schwartz and you were in a yeah, picture together. Yeah, yeah. Know who what he is, a, right? Oh my goodness, do I? Yeah, every single Christmas I watch that movie. Uh, I saw it in the theater with my family. I sent, and I I never post photos with celebrities. I just don't. I I don't really. It's just not my thing. Um, but for, for that was just so special to me. Uh, and it was special. I sent it to my brother right away when I got home that night. My brother works for the government, and he just—he was, you know, very serious, stern dude. And he, Ralphie, with hearts, <laughs> you know, just. You should have him on your podcast. He's one of the nicest guys. Oh, I will. There's That's a really a great, great history here. Yeah. He and I used to ride the bus from New Jersey wow. to New York, going on auditions. He went to the School for Performing Arts in New York City, the fame. school they did the fame, yeah, right, fame. Yeah. He had a Letterman jacket on all the time, and he was in that movie, The Toy, with Jackie Gleason. Yeah, yeah. I was always so jealous of him. Uh, yeah, I But bet. we rode the bus. You didn't quite start that young. You started a little- He was yeah. a child, child. Mm-hmm. He was- but he's a sweetheart, and they just made the remake or part two for A Christmas Story. I mean, come on. Oh, I'm happy for him. Maybe you should get him on the show before he's too big. I will. I will. I didn't, I didn't know <laughs> about the remake. He wouldn't act like that. Did you see how humble he is? Yeah, really sweet and, and quite shy. I mean, yeah. Just, I had, yeah, I approached him, and, it was, and I was kind of shy about it. And um, Yeah, he was really gracious. That's and a real-life child star. I, I love that story. I love, you know, just when when people that you've, you know, because you, you just don't, you don't imagine, you know, you, you, you want to associate their their personality with who they were in that, in that film or, or commercial or stage or what, and that's just not realistic. You never know what you're going to get. So my thing is I usually just don't approach anybody ever, but you said in the green room that he was really cool and then he he came to the green room first and so I kind of felt like, okay, that was my shoe in. So The guy who was uh, the creator of the movie Green Book, he won yeah. an Oscar. Yeah, he was Him there. and his brother, he was there, Yeah, nice as can be, and he's like, Mike, when am I doing your podcast? And the reason why he was there is his brother Nick actually called me to say, you know, my brother Frank's in town. So I said, all right, come on over. But here's guys who struggle, struggle, struggle and wrote a movie about their real life father and they won an Oscar. I love it. How that crazy was a great is that? Movie. That was a great, great, great film. And the greatest thing for me is they're calling me going, we got to do something. And I'm like, yeah. yes, we do. Yes, we you do. do. And speaking of which, that's a good segue. Are you writing? I write all the time. I wrote a TV series for myself. I hope we can get it where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. Right now, everybody's calling me saying that we should do a reality show or a movie slash web series yeah. with the whole you running for president campaign. And another great segue. Okay, so make America Italian again. Mm-hmm. Is this really happening? Hence your merch. And th- th- so this is happening. Are you running for president in 2024? Well, you know, in 2016, we did it as a joke. In 2020, I used to say I didn't win because everything was um, fraudulent. The votes were fraudulent. Yeah, I didn't well. get in there. <laughs> so, um, but because of the president of the Ukraine, yeah, who 
was saying that he was a comedian. Can you a comedian? I started getting more hits. Such a charismatic, amazing. Maybe it's a good a good idea. I don't uh, really want to run the country, but sometimes I feel like going. Maybe I just should. Maybe you just Let me should slap you people down I, a little. I, you know, Ben Gleave, he he ran. Did he they, really? Yeah, he did. It was. You know, a great experience. He knew he wasn't going to win, but I mean, it was great for on all fronts. You should call him. him. Maybe him and I can do something together. Yeah. I oh, love he's ben amazing. Gleave. Yeah, his birthday was yesterday. Is that right? He had, yeah, he he's he, he was one of my very first friends here in L.A. Talk about a gracious person who who helps other comics. Yes, and uh, it's rare. It's rare, and he's he's reliably funny. He's just funny without even trying. I think maybe like the top 10% of entertainers who are working would help. It's the other ones that, for whatever reason, could be... They feel like climbers. Yeah, exactly. And people can feel it. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, I'd like to think that there is maybe karma and when you're good to others. How long have you been in California now? uh, For seven years. And I've been doing stand-up for six years and eight months. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's and, the, great. and the reason I don't push that, I, I don't round it up and say seven, because I think that it is a pivotal time right now between, you know, when you hit that seven year mark, you should be a headliner. And I'm a headliner. I, I think I need the R. I'm just missing the R. All right. So, you know, I'm just, yeah. Well, do you headline your own show? At the I, had, I headline my own show. You close it. I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Most of the time. Sometimes it it depends. Sometimes there's some egos, you know. I, I get big names on that show, and out of respect, I want, you know. So I'll co-headline. Right. Yeah. Well, you'll see that you're probably the draw for your own show, no I, matter what level you're at, because you work hardest for you. That's true. And that's understandable. So you don't really need all the people that you put in your show. We all assume we put a big name in the show; it's going to draw. Yeah. It actually is almost the reverse because, and I'll tell you why. If I do the ha-ha and my name's on it, all the people who are coming would not pay to see me do 10 minutes. No mm. way. They're gonna do, you're doing what, 10 minutes? Well, why would I pay to see that? Yeah, I'm gonna pay to see you do an hour or yeah. at least a half hour. I only do a half hour to ha-ha. It might seem like it's longer. It's only really a half hour as far as I know. So when someone says to me, why don't you draw a big crowd at, let's say, the Comedy Chateau? And I'm like, well, I can't. I'm going to do 10 minutes. If somebody paid $40 or let's say it's $20 and they have a two-drink minimum and they have dinner and I'm done in 10 minutes, they're going to be like, well, wait a minute. I just paid all this money. Where'd you go? Yeah. And that's not different than some road gigs because I've been asked to be an opening act in some other shows. And they say, well, where's your draw? And I say, I don't have a draw. They're not going to see me do this. They're going to come back when I'm by myself. Then sometimes you got to put your ego aside and say, do you want to open for somebody? Yeah. When I open for a big band, yes, I want to experience that because they're going to pay me good money anyway. And so on and so forth like that. That's, so that's you got to be careful who you say, hey, can you be in the show? Because when I have people in my show, I already know they're not going to draw. I'm yeah. going to do it. Yeah, of course. All I want is you to put on a good show. That's it. Just knock it out that's of the ballpark for exactly. 10 minutes. Go wait in the parking lot and watch what happens. I just need yeah. you to help, 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 and away we go. I love it. Yes, Because I, I even say to Stevie D now, mm-hmm. if you want to keep on doing a monthly show with me, we're going to go across the street to a different place. And I can't headline all the shows. We got to get somebody who's going to come in and, 
we'll give them a 80% of whatever we make at the door yeah. and kill yeah. for 45 minutes. But they better be into it because if they're not, then I don't need that. Yeah. It's just a waste no, of time. Absolutely. Yeah. And, they, and, and they're going to play here anyway. So yeah. w- what are we doing? Yeah. You can do a special, a special event. Well, and that's the way you should think about that when you yeah. put your shows together. Say, hey, listen, I need somebody who's going to at least try to some extent. But it might be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those um, big headliners that do 10 minutes in my show, um, they're doing new material. And I get that. And, yeah. you know, because they're who they are, it doesn't sometimes it doesn't matter. The audience is just so thrilled to see them. It doesn't matter if they're right. landing or not. Yep. You know, so they have their notebook out and they're just kind of, you know, playing. And depending on who it is, it works. But, you know, it doesn't always it doesn't always work. Yeah, I, I just want to you just want to have a good show for people, especially if you're, you're charging good money for the tickets, which I do. None of my tickets are free. I don't have fro- I don't have promo codes. I pay well, everybody. I pay all my comics. We try to pay everybody. We do. It's not really a lot of money. But what it's I do a respect is, thing though. When you I try do. to put on the show over at the haha, let's say, mm-hmm. I comp a lot of people. And I told, you know, the owners who I've known for thirty years, when my audience comes and they get in for free, do you know what's gonna happen? They're gonna spend a lot of money in here. Yeah. Especially the wise guys from back east. Hey, we got in for free. We knew somebody. Let's buy a bottle of Dom Perignon. Yeah. Let's buy some chicken. Yeah. Hey, and they start spending a ton of money. The, yeah, because they appreciate that you comped their ticket. And, yes. and that's just their culture. And they it's got who an they ego. Are. I Look love at me. It. Look at me. Look at me. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, hey. Uh. All right. When I was in uh-huh. Vegas, there's a guy who plays the door, who works the door. He says to me all the time, he goes, I can't wait for you to come because your people put more money in my pocket. And I go, you you comp a couple of guys from New York and New Jersey, they go like this, hey, this is for you, Joey. <laughs> this is for you. <laughs> they'll, they'll tip more than the ticket price. Yeah. It's an ego thing. I love it. That's when egos are welcomed. Yes. Um, well, so what's in the pipeline besides running for president in 2024? What else? Yeah, just that small thing. Anything else? <laughs> well, I want to keep on touring around the world. I want to spend a lot of time with people I like being around. My podcast that I'm doing, which I'll have you on the show live from my be. mother's basement, is doing really well. I have Sean Keenan coming on my show tonight, fun. tomorrow night. Fun, fun. He's been in a lot Very of movies. Funny, He's on yeah. a soap opera. Oh, okay. He's also one of the stars of the new Cobra Kai. He was in the third uh, installment of The Karate Kid. Cool. And it's pretty cool how we met. And then, uh, you know... I do have my TV series in the works, Make America Italian Again. Hopefully, yeah. we're going to start shooting. We were shooting. We stopped because of the pandemic. Yeah. It halted a lot of things. Everything. So, And hey. it, I think it's funny. We get a role in it for you because you don't belong in it. Okay. And that's, that's the funny. comedy. That's the comedy. Yep. The, miss, the fish out of water. You, well, don't say fish in an fish, Italian uh, show. Uh, but. All right. All right. <laughs> See, I don't know. That's funny, right? See, I didn't know that. That's why you need me on. Yes. On. <laughs> you need me on with John. Be and hilarious. then we'll play hockey my, afterwards. My, who, who is that? Like, don't worry. Just don't let worry. her go. Just... Is she like Irish? She just, can't be just in Just give her crafty. That's all she cares about. <laughs> <laughs> She's with. What uh, nationality I, are you? Uh, well, I'm a, a little bit of, I'm a mutt. Um, I'm a little Hungarian. I'm a little Lithuanian. I'm a little German. And uh, um, 
yeah, that those would be like the three main things. But yeah, my great grandparents came; they were farmers, came from Lithuania and Hungary. Farmers. Yeah, farmers. <laughs> yeah, that some of them are still farming, you know. And if I, I have brown, I know all about brown eggs. Now I know about blue eggs. Brown eggs. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you some brown eggs. Next I should time. have filmed that. I, I, almost, I opened up the refrigerator and went like this. I almost hey, Steve, your you eggs are bad. Eggs next time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, please be on the show again. We'll sure. Have, we'll have some brown eggs. Uh, or maybe we'll, we'll whip them up in, in your mother's basement. Brown eggs and wine. And th- yes, I'll bring the wine. And uh, yeah, this was tasty. Uh, and I can't thank you enough for being on the show. You're what, welcome. Uh, how thank fun. You. What a pleasure. I am so happy we met Mike Marino. Thank you very much for tuning in, everyone. Until the next time.